Welcome to Salem First Assembly Podcast. May this week's message by our guest speaker be a blessing to your life and helping you to grow in your understanding of God's Word, strengthen your faith, and equip you to become all that God has created you to be. Good morning. Look at your neighbor and say smile. Smile. Smile a little bit more. You know, a smile can go a long, long way. I remember someone gave me a birthday card one day, and it, had, it told me to smile. And so when I was doing the birthday card, I was doing it by myself, so I wasn't going to just smile just because a birthday card told me to. But I opened the card, and there was this biggest face of a monkey with all teeth, with a giant smile. And you know what I did? I smiled. <laughs> and when I think about it, what am I doing? I'm smiling. Smile is a beautiful thing. God has gave his son Jesus Christ to us, and that was a smile from heaven. So we've been in the book of 1 Peter, and 1 Peter, of course, as you know, was written to the people of Asia Minor who were going through some tough times, tough circumstances, hardships. They were under trials and troubles and tribulations. They were under times of pains and problems and Pressures, struggles, strains, and situations. And like I've always asked you, have you ever had a problem? One problem in life, just one. How many have had a problem? Yeah, you could say, oh, I've had a lot of problems. Rodney's over there shaking his head. (laughs) You see, but in the midst of a problem, there is Jesus. And we're going to talk a little bit, another brick, this week. And this one's a tough one to swallow. Because as you know, from chapter 1, to ch- uh, verse, chapter 1, verse 1 to 25, and then chapter 2, from verse 1 to 10, we've been learning and it's talking about the benefits and blessings that God has given to us through His Son Jesus, the positions and the provisions that are made in Christ, um, the circumstances and the conduct for every believer. And then we have to understand that there's a contrast with the consequences for those that don't accept Jesus, and Jesus becomes the stumbling stone. Remember all that? And then now, it's a little bit of a change here, because this morning, I want to talk to you about destructive, destructive desires. Destructive desires. You know, there are good desires and bad desire. You know, a good desire is this. This is a good desire. I get a phone call and I say, hello. He says, pastor. I say, yes. Hey, listen, I have a desire to clean all your leaves up in your backyard. (laughs) That is a good desire. (laughs) Let me share a story with you. A park ranger from Yellowstone National Park was taking a big group of people on a journey. He had a lot of individuals with him, and he was really getting into it. He was sharing about the, uh, the, the area, the trees, the different type of trees, uh, the different things that were growing on the trees, the flowers, the different animals that were there. But during all of this, his, his walkie-talkie was still going off. And after a while, he got so tired of it, he felt it was interrupt, just an interruption to where, what he was doing. So he just shut the thing off. Finally, he got to the tower, the lookout tower. And there he was met by another ranger that was not happy. And he goes up to the ranger and says, what wrong? Why haven't you answered me on your walkie-talkie? And he said, what? He said, there was a grizzly bear. We saw, spotted a grizzly bear 
surrounding your group, ready to maybe even attack, and we're trying to warn you. But what did he do? He shut the warnings off. Because he shut the warnings off, he could have put those people in danger. You see, the Holy Spirit is always trying to communicate to us, even the myths of our desires and the things of our heart. The communication, there's always a, a signs out there of God saying, listen to me, listen to me. It's like the man who gets behind his car and driving, and all of a sudden he crosses a tr- railroad track, and it's starting to flash yellow. And, and, the, and the arm's starting to go down, but in their mind, I can what? I can beat this. I don't want to wait a few minutes so I'm going to rush that light. How many have ever done that? Be honest. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Shame on you. Oh. <laughs> yes, I've done that. And, and the reality is I got to see some people and wrecks that people haven't made it to. And I was thinking the other day, I'm saying, wow, what they couldn't wait on a light that ended their life because of a decision. But if they just would have waited 10 minutes, they probably would have had years, a lifetime left. I want want you to understand something here. Desires come into us, and it's something that's internal. And we're going to talk about that today. And so if we could go to verse 11. Verse 11, and it says this. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. So let's look at this for a second. I urge you. Have you ever urged somebody not to do something? Huh? Yeah. Let me ask you a question. If you're at the beach, and let's say you have kids, and the kids are swimming in the water, and, um, and all of a sudden someone's yelling shark, and then all of a sudden you see a fin in the water, parents, those that have loved ones, how loud, how, how loud is your urge going to be to your kids? Huh? You're going to be the loudest one there of trying to get your attention of your loved one to get out of the water because Jaws is there. Let me tell you something. When you see this in the scripture, I urge you, it is a strong command or it's a strong request coming from the author. But more than that, it's coming from God. And God wants to urge us, try to get our attention because, see, it's like the person who's not paying attention to the, the, these strong urges that God's trying to send you away and they shut the walkie-talkie off and say, I don't want to listen no more. It's an interruption to my life. I, I want to make my own decisions. I want to do my own thing. I'm, I'm tired of being told what to do. Until that moment comes, you wish you were told what to do because now you really know the full picture. And so, dear friends, I I urge you, and this is important for you and I to understand, because urgency comes from the depth of an individual's desire to urge you to listen to me. Have you ever done that? You ever shake somebody and say, listen to me? (laughs) That's what it's really saying. Listen. I urge you to listen. And then it goes on to say this. Look at this here. As aliens and strangers in the world. Have you heard this before in the text? Verse 1, because this is who the Spirit of God, through Peter, is writing. Writing to people who are no longer at home. They're living in areas they don't want to live in. They're living in areas that's hard. You see, this is the thing with Christendom today. When it gets tough, when it's hard, we'd like to quit. And yet these individuals do not have a perfect life. 
right now. It's not, it's not what they call perfect. Let's put it that way. It's not, they would rather be in a much, they'd rather be in their home country. They'd rather be where people that they're surrounded that like them. And that everybody's a beautiful community. And everybody goes along with everybody. Isn't that perfect scenario? Everybody likes everybody all the time. Huh? See, that's in our mind, but right now that's not where they're living. And so he addresses them as aliens or strangers. Some translations calls it pilgrims. They're in a place that's not called home. And you know that we see in 1 Peter 1. To the strangers in the world who are scattered throughout Asia Minor. Philippians 3.20 says, but our citizenship is of heaven where we wait a savior. You see, sometimes, help me, help me here, and I'm going to get into this a little bit later, but sometimes we take this here and we make it everything. We spend so much time in this, what you call the horizontal, our time, our life. But saints, can I just encourage you? That desires will affect your eternity with wrong desires, ungodly desires. But when you have the right desires, not only will it affect you here, but it will also affect you there. There is for a long, long, long time. A desire, I, I, I have to talk and deal with certain problems and situations with people, and they do something, and I ask them this question, was it worth it? This is what they tell me every single time. No, but at the time, I thought it was. You probably have had some people tell you that as well. Look what the command is now. He's urging him. He's addressing to who he's talking to. And then he says, I want you to abstain from sinful desires. Now, we're going to talk about this. I thought this was being so important because where you think is the road you travel. So whatever you focus your mind on is the direction you're going to go. Your mind is the rudder to your ship. And you have to ask yourself, what are you thinking on? Are you thinking more about you? Or are you thinking more about God? Where do you seem to live life at? Are you always focused and singing the song, what about me? Or are you saying, what about God? What does God want from me? So I want to talk to you a little bit about abstaining from sinful desires. Because... I have observed this, and maybe you have too, but you have this worldly system never focused on eternity. If you look on your commercials, what is it? Have this skin, the skin so you never age. Do this so you can live for a very long time. I mean, it is so much about this, the physical. But the worldly system never talks about the things that are eternal. But the scriptures are always talking about the eternal and not so much about the physical. Because if you get your eternity right, <laughs> you're going to get the physical right. God going to bless you. God going to help you. You're going to have peace. Look at your neighbor and say, do you want peace? We spend so much money and time. Watch this now. We spend so much money and time to look beautiful. Now, don't get me wrong. A little bit of makeup doesn't hurt anybody. What do you think about me? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so... <laughs> So the big question, why would we put so much time, so much money, so much focus on something that is so temporal and forget about what's eternal? 
Why, why is it, why is it we live our whole life focused on the here and now and we're not focusing on our tomorrow and eternity? You know, eternity is forever. And we live our life so much about now and we have all these desires. I want to get all I can, get everything put in the can and sit on the can and I'm going to have it in my can. And you die and you leave the can to somebody else. That's it. That's it. That's not what you and I were called for. And as you go through situations and problems, sometimes we have desires because we want to get out of the pain. We want to get out of discomfort. We want to get out of the struggle. We want to get out of the hurt. And we have the desires. If I could only get this, I'll be happy. I'll be happy again. And I want to tell you something. It's not how it works. Here are these individuals, the the, the readers of this letter, and not only to them, but to us that are going through problems. And here is, here is the Lord encouraging them through their struggle. Then say, listen, watch how you think. Watch those desires. Abstain from them. He's actually saying, stop those desires, those sinful desires. If you had two dogs, and you've heard this before, but I'm going to, it fits perfectly. If you had two dogs, and don't get on me for those people who just think that's cruel. But if you had two dogs and you only fed one dog, what dog would live? Come on, say it. I know you don't want to say it, but yes, the dog you feed. Reality. The thoughts you feed are the thoughts that lead your life. So if you feed your thoughts with the uh, ungodly desires, then godly desires fade away because you're feeding the thoughts that are going to hurt you, not grow you. So it's really important to guard what we think, guard what we really are focusing on, and really understand the purposes and the plans that God has for us. And that even in the midst of the problem, even in the midst of the pressure, we, can, we have control over our desires. God will strengthen us, and you'll see this in a little bit. You see, the answer to the world, the world doesn't want to talk about eternity because they don't want to deal with two things. They don't want to deal with death, and they don't want to deal with God. It really, I mean, we want to talk, we want to, you ever notice it's all about keeping this, you know, it's all about save the earth. I'm all for about doing wise things on the earth, but I don't know if they've ever read Revelations or not, because God who made the earth is one going to come and bring great destruction on this earth, and this is going to happen. It's not about the tangible. God's not so much about the tangible. He's about eternity. Everything God does is about eternity. And here is the exhortation to you and to me to say, abstain from desires which are evil. Sinful desires, do not entertain them, do not let them grow in your mind, because if you let them grow in your mind, they become the vessel that controls you. Look at this portion of scripture. When I look at the world and the system we have here, this portion of scripture tells us exactly why people don't understand the things of God. It says this in 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4. And even if the gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. Who is, who is the image of God? Can, can you get this? So we have, you're living in a world that doesn't see God because they have blinders on their eyes. 
But can you praise God that you know Christ? That now your eyes are open? But it's up to you and I to share that message with other people. Listen, you know, if you have all the goods and don't share the goods, do you have the goods? God wants you to share and care. God wants you to be a vessel. This world here is not going to be talking about eternity. But we, we as a Christian live in the world. And because this world is always bombarding people with every type of thought, desires can rise up in the believer of God. And so it says, it says in this portion, to abstain from sinful desire. And so sinful desire happens from the inside of your heart. Desires is one of life's strongest emotions. When you have a desire, it's one of the strongest emotions. And when that desire is fed, it usually rules. That's how strong desire is. Desire is one of the strongest emotions in humanity. So what is the the definition? It is a strong feeling of wanting something and yearns for it deep inside your soul. And when you have a desire, you'll try to get it no matter what. Even if you know it's bad for you, you still want it. What is the cause? The cause is really, it's something that happens in a vessel where they feel that if I only get this, I'll be happy. If I only get this, I'll be content. If I only get this, I will become what I need to be, happy. It is a motivation. Desire is the what you want, but the gratification is the motivation. And so we and all of us need to really take heed to this Because in tough times is where ungodly desires rise up. If you look what he's been saying, the Spirit of God has been saying to them, reminding them of what God's provided, reminding them what they have, reminding them who Christ is and what Christ has done, reminding them their authority that they have been given, reminding them their position in truth of God's word and God's kingdom. But in all that, in all that, when a desire rises up, it can overtrump what you even know. If you feed it, look at your neighbor and say, don't feed the dog. Which reminds me, when I go home, I got to feed mine. (laughs) My real dog, that is. (laughs) Are you fed her? Never mind. She's been fed. That's the motivation. So there's two types of desires, right? There's a godly desire, ungodly desire. Let me talk to you a little bit about a godly desire. How many know Matthew 6.33? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Well, think about this now. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Did it say anything else? What's first? God. So your desire is seeking on God's kingdom. You see, I like the aspect. Is It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all those things shall be added unto you. When you seek God first, God's going to take care of the rest. I run across so many people, they feel like, well, if if I don't get this, I'll never have this. And I tell them just the opposite. If you seek God and give it to God, God will actually do more than you even think beyond your wildest dream. The eye has not seen, the ear has not heard, nor has it entered in the mind of man, the thing that God has for them that love him. I'm telling you what, I'm telling you what, if you could only get... What God's trying to do. It, it reminds me of this little boy. And I've told this story before, but I love this story. And it makes a point here. 
Think of a little boy going to a candy store. How many like candy? How many like candy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll talk to your dentist tomorrow. So you like candy, and so the little boy goes into the candy store, and it says, free, take as much as you like, but the little boy doesn't take the candy. And then the mother looking at the little boy and gives him a nod, it's okay. Little boy don't do nothing. Mother goes, it's okay. Little boy don't do nothing. Well, the owner of the store is seeing the little boy not respond, seeing the mother saying it's okay, seeing the sign, but not doing anything. The owner opens up the jar, takes the candy, puts it into the little boy's hand, and he's a happy, happy, happy camper. He goes outside the store, and the mom says, why'd you just, just take it? Why'd you, why'd you wait? I love what he says. Mom, did you see the size of his hands? You see, that's what God is. See, we don't see it that way because we have these strong desires and we think, of, I got to get it. I got to get it. It's all about me. They're in pain. Asia Minor, they're going through problems, afflictions. People are not liking them. They're because of their following the word, because they're people of the way. And it's so easy. It's so easy to want to shift the gears because it's tough. But if you stay in God, if you stay steady and be a steady Eddie, when God does his work, He'll lavish. He'll lavish you. He'll take care of you. And you'll find out that God's way, here it is. Write this down in capital letters. Write this down. God's way is better than my way. God's way is better. When you want to you write the chapter, you want to do it, you don't want to listen to his insight, you don't want to listen to his way, you just want to go ahead and do it, you're going to write a chapter you wish you never wrote. 2 Timothy 2, 22 says this, Flee also youthful lust, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of pure heart. You know, people sometimes, older people say, well, that's talking about youthful lust. I don't have that anymore. (laughs) Okay. Let me tell you something. Lust is lust. It can be lust of many things. And I'm going to guarantee lust never dies if, it's ne- if it continually fed. You see, I want you to understand something. Evil desires will really corrupt and hurt your Christian walk. Now, nobody's perfect. Someone say no one's perfect. But, and see, what God wants, see, I, I tell people all the time, when you're struggling, that's a good thing. Because struggling means you're still alive. You're struggling. You're doing, you want to do what's right. Yeah, I might have flopped. But, you know, 1 John 1.9, confess your sins. He's faithful to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And you have this desire to, to, to learn and to grow. And so when you make a mistake, guess what? You're in good company. Amen? I don't know. Let's talk Peter for a second. Did Peter ever make a mistake? Huh? How about Paul? I mean, we can go on and on. They all may, the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, right? So what we want to do is not feed those desires because those desires can really hurt us. Because here it goes. Ungodly desires really comes down to destructive desires. The enemy of your soul wants to still kill and destroy. But if you can do it God's way, God will do a great work in you. Matthew 5 27, 28 says this, you have heard it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you that anybody who looks on a woman lustfully has already committed adultery in his heart. You know, it's funny what Jesus did. Jesus took the law that said adultery 
And then what Jesus then did is, how can we stop adultery from taking place? Stop it in the mind. Stop it in the thoughts. Because if you don't have the thoughts, you won't have the action. But it starts in the thoughts. The thoughts like this. You know what? I'm not happy. I know what? I'm miserable. You know what? I just want to be happy. I just want to be loved. You know the number one desire in the human race? This is the number one desire. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the tough guy in the street. You know, Leroy Brown, the baddest man in the whole town. Still has the same desire to love and to be loved. That's a desire in every human being. To love and to be loved. But when that doesn't happen, desires rise up. And Jesus says, wait, wait, wait. I know it says do not commit adultery, but don't even let it happen in your mind, your heart, your soul. Your soul is the seed of your emotions, your intellect, and your will. That's your soul. This heart, I know we use it, this heart, this heart just pumped blood. There's none of that going on. It's in your head. It's in your mind. You see, the reality of your soul, the soul consumes of those three areas, and your emotions are strong. And so, so often, so often, Jesus has said, no, 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 it's not just adultery. I want, if you committed it in your mind, you need to ask for forgiveness. And if you do that, you get right with God, and you keep a real count real quick. Everybody has a bad thought. Everybody. You do. I do. It's what you do with a bad thought. Someone say amen. Sometimes people get all guilty. Oh, I can't believe I had that thought. I can't believe it. Oh, I can't believe it. You act like you're Italian or something. Oh, I can't believe it. I'm sorry if you're Italian. <laughs> sorry, Pastor. Oh, we got Pastor Holt here and Sister Holt here. I'm so glad they're here this morning. And give him a big hand for his years of service. And we're so, we're so happy that they're here. And we're also so happy all that God has done in and through them both. But the rea- he is Italian. Aren't you Italian? Yeah, sorry, Pastor. <laughs> oh, Emma. Boy, you married Italian. <laughs> but here's the thing. We really, really need to look at the aspect that Jesus was trying to stop the thinking. There are five P's to desire. Five P's, write these down. Five P's to desire that causes people to desire things. And it's power, it's pleasure. It's prestige, it's position, and possession. Those desire falls in all five of those P's. And if any one of them excels greater than God, evil desires can come forth. You know, I want power, pleasure, prestige, position, possession. These are things that people desire. If I only had that, if I only had that job. If I need this, this, that, and the other thing. There's no contentment. And that's why it rises up. That's why when you're under problems and pressure, that's what happens sometimes. We, we start having evil desires. And so he's like, listen, I need you to listen to me. I know you're aliens, and I know that you're in, living in a land that is difficult. And I know you can, you're, you're thinking about other things, other desires, but don't feed them. Stop those sinful desires that are taking place. What does the scripture say? What does the scripture say? Psalms 51 6 says, Surely the desires, surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the innermost place. 
Psalms 37, 4 and 5 says, Delight yourself in the Lord. Watch this now. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Did you catch that? If you delight in the Lord, listen to me. If you don't get anything, get this. Just delight yourself wholeheartedly into the Lord. Don't make life about you. Don't make life about the whole situation. Just make life about God, about what Jesus has done and what other people need to hear. And then God says, delight in the Lord and he meet the desires of your heart. Don't worry. Hello, Matthew 6. Don't worry about this and that. Watch what happens now. My clicker stopped working. Watch what happens now. Okay, we'll go home. Uh, Oh, you have to stay. (laughs) Look what it says. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires. Watch what happens. Which war against your soul. You want to know why people are so uptight? You want to know why people are so angry? You want to know why people are so mean? You want to know why people are so quick with their temper? You want to know why so people are so full of... uh, criticism and sarcasm is because in them is a war going on that they don't have peace. They don't really walk in peace. They're not walking in the peace of God. And if you're not walking in the peace of God, it's going to show on the outside. You know, listen, saints, listen, listen. Write this down, capital letters. What's in me is seen from me. What's in you is going to be seen from you. You know, it's the bottom line because there's a war, a war, and the enemy has tricks. Ungodly desires happen, and there's a war. Look what James says. James is beautiful. It says this, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when, by his own evil desires, he is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Let's learn something about this. This is a powerful scripture. I want you to look at that for a second. Look at that scripture and tell me, tell me that who's doing the sinning? Who's doing the evil desires? Can we blame Satan? Oh, it's Satan. It's Satan's the cause. Or we do know God doesn't use temptation. So that he's not going to do that to us. God doesn't do that, the scripture says. But we sometimes, when we are dragged away or enticed, we always want to blame someone else. You know the reason why? Because of this person. This person made me do it. Adam. Adam. Yeah, everybody wants to blame Adam. Now, I will agree that that person rolls up evil desires in you. That person, because of hurt, pain, because of anguish, because of uh, rejection, rose up emotions in you that hurt you, but ultimately, we choose to sin. Because we're weak when we're hurting. This is important. We look at the scriptures, and you see it starts with us. If you look at this portion of scriptures, verse 14, look what it says. But when each one is tempted, when by his own evil desires, did you hear that? By his own evil desires. I don't care if you're a Christian or not a Christian. You can be tempted with your own evil desires if you feed them. And it has a process. Because your own evil desires 
he is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And from sin, it's fully grown, gives birth to destruction, death. You see, it's so important. This little phrase here is something we need to pay attention to. What area in our life that we really have to say things in our hearts, things in our lives that are wrong and that we're not dealing with? We're just saying, you know what, God? Not a big deal. Not a big deal. The problem is it becomes a big deal. James is very clear. It starts within. Where is the war? The war is within. It's within us. Colossians tells us. Three. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in life you once lived, but, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off the old self with its practice and put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of your creator. This, this is powerful when you really think about this. Look at verse 5. Look at verse 5. Verse 5, in the first beginning, it says, put to death. It's a choice that you have to do, is you have the thought of, let's say, I really don't like that person. Or a thought, you know, I want this. A thought, I'm going to get even. The thought, I'm going to say something mean. The thought, you have to put the thought to death so it doesn't grow. Look at verse 8. But you must rid yourself of all these things. You have a list on the top of put to death. You have a list there. You have a list to get rid of these things in verse 8. A whole list. Look at verse 10. And then have, and have put on the new self. This is your new creation, which is being renewed by what? By what? What's that word? What's the word? Knowledge. Knowledge, the knowledge of what you need to do. The more knowledge you have gives you the understanding of what to do. No knowledge, no action. Knowledge, action. I now know what I need to do. But you have to then put it to death. You then have to get rid of those things. Because what you water grows. I am probably the worst person in this room who takes care of green plants. I know a few of you, boy, you have two green thumbs. She, I don't know if she's worse than me. I mean, honestly, I've told you this story, but I had, when we first got married, I had a plant pole. And my family loves plants. My dad was a plant doctor. My mother was a plant doctor. We had a, whole, we had a place in my house we called the plant hospital. And any plant that was not looking good would go down into the plant hospital, into the C, uh, um, uh, ICU unit, and they would revive these plants, and then, and then it would come back out and put, put in the home. And let me tell you something. The plants went in. Very few came out. Um, very few died. I mean, literally, I have people in my family, I think, did a very, very good job with plants. That gift did not come to me. So when I got married, they thought, you need green in your house. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I've been raised with plants all my life. And I put them on a plant pole. You probably, some of you young guys don't know what a plant pole is, but um, 
I might have one. Um, anyhow, so plant pole, and I had all these greens. And one day I had all the youth come over. And we had this big giant party. And one of the youth came up to me and says, hey, pastor, how come all your plants are brown? And I said, plants? What plants? The plants. And they got like a whole bunch of plants in the front room. They're all brown. And I'm like, huh. I don't know. I've, I've never seen it. And so I went to the room and every single plant, I mean, I had like five or six on there. They were big plants. They were all crispy critters. They were all brown, brown, brown. And I realized, I realized right there, right there, I do not have the gift. Do you know the knowledge? I gained the knowledge afterwards, but you have to water those plants to keep green. Did you know that? <laughs> she didn't know either. She lived in the same house I did. So we're both. We're both really, really bad. So if you ever want to give us a plant, don't. <laughs> Just don't. So here, the, here's the deal. Knowledge. The knowledge, you've got to gain the knowledge. Once you have the knowledge to say, you know what? I need to put God first because I want to stop these sinful desires that are coming into my life because they will hurt me. These desires will hurt you. Watch this now, verse 12. Live such a good life among the Gentiles that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see the good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. I love this part. Because they're expecting God to visit us. The coming back of the Lord. And you know what? The Lord could come back in many ways. You can have an encounter with God all by yourself. You ever get in the presence of God and God do something wonderful in your life? Live your life so that others see Jesus. Let me just ask you a question. If Jesus looked into a mirror, well, who would he see in the mirror? He would see himself, wouldn't he? When you look in the mirror, who do you see? You see yourself. But when someone else looks at you, who do they see? Do others see Jesus in you? Are you reflecting the characteristics of who Jesus is? Because when people don't like you because of what you stand for, and that's okay. I'm okay with that. I have no problem with that. Because I'm not changing. I'm pretty convinced. However, however, I will still watch this now because this is where we all need to learn. I will still do actions of love even to those who don't like me. Hello? Did you get that? Did you get that? Because, see, what we want to do is that when there's a difference in a person, when there's a relationship problem, all we want to do, we want to cut it off because, well, we're not in unity. The problem is, the best way to be the Jesus and to reflect the characteristics of Jesus among those that do not understand the gospel of Christ is let them see Jesus in you. By your acts of kindness. Say kindness. Compassion. Empathy. These are things that Jesus was. And they should be seen in God's people. And so as you are no longer given room for evil desires to grow in your heart and grow in your mind. Then when they're mistreating you. When they're not being kind to you because you're pilgrims, because you're not at home, and you are, they look at you as being different. And you know, people don't like different. Most people, if they see a bug, a harmless bug, but he's ugly, you know what they do? They kill it. Come on, don't raise your hands. Go put them up. No, don't raise your hands. No, put them up. No, no, no. Yeah, just because it's ugly, you want to kill it. It's different. 
can't sting you, can't hurt you. It's just ugly. Just one ugly bug. You see, what happens is sometimes just because a person's different, we cut them off. Well, it says here, live good lives among the Gentiles. Those Gentiles are people who are not, and Gentiles mean everybody. That's not a Jew, but it could, it most, it most likely another version says pagan. I took, I didn't want to use a version that says pagan, but literally the, the word is closer to Gentiles than it is pagan, but it actually means one that does not believe. And that can be anybody. That though through, they accuse you of doing wrong. Accuse you of doing wrong. You're innocent, but they accuse you. You get mad. You get angry. And that happens a lot. I had a person one time did something terrible. And they just used their lips to try to sink ships. Because hurting people hurt people. And one day they came and after a little duration, they came down and they apologized. And I use this illustration all the time. I said, I forgive you. I really forgive you. It's not a problem. God has forgiven me. I can forgive you. But I just want to let you know that here's a pillow. And it's a feather pillow. And today's a windy day. I want you to go on the corner and rip it open. And throw all the feathers everywhere. And then after three hours, four hours, I'd like you to go get all the feathers back. And they look at you like, I said, you can't. And when you do something with your mouth or with your action, you can't get back the damage you have already caused. That's very important to learn. So if you're going to be a good example before God and before others, then it's really important to make sure that you love and you Amplify the examples of Christ, its characteristics. Live such good lives among the Gentiles that though they accuse you of doing wrong, hurt you, do mean things to you, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. You know what happens is all of a sudden, it's like in Romans where it says it's like putting hot coals on someone's head. When you're kind to someone who's not kind to you, eventually the light can come on. And they say, well, you know what? Those people are a little strange or whatever, but there's something about them that's something, something that's in them. That's the exhortation. Don't let evil desires rise up within you because you're going to have war within your body, within your soul. There's a, the flesh and the spirit. There's going to be a war. There's, there's not going to be contentment there. There's not going to be peace there. The places uh, God's going to want to dwell there, but you're going you're gonna to be a battle. You're going to put yourself in a battle. So get rid of those things so that you can live your life, even though people hurt you. Live your lives, and you can glorify God, and let God be the one that lifts you up. Let the love of God flow through your life because destructive desires will hurt you. But can I just tell you, for those that made some decisions, I know I've made decisions and they hurt, but how many grateful that God forgives? Huh? Why don't you give God a little wave offering just because he forgives? He lives and forgives. This is the beauty. This is the beauty of what God has done but here the exhortation from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11 is to abstain from evil desires because they cause war within. You want the peace of God? It comes by letting God rule. God's peace is where God's rule. And he rules 
and you have peace. Let's just pray. Father, we are so grateful for who you are. And God, we submit ourselves to you. And God, right now, those watching online, even those here, Lord, we recognize that our heart has so many things it carries. But Lord, there are many that haven't given their heart towards you. And God, I pray right now that you would touch each one online and each one here, that they would grab hold of the plow of heaven and look towards you, God. And this day they would say, Father, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me for my evil desires that I have. Forgive me for these desires leading me in places that I no want to live in no more. Be in places I no want to go to anymore. And this day, this day, I surrender my heart and my life to you. Right now, if you're here, you just say, I want to surrender my heart and life to God. Maybe you're online and you're watching and it's time, it's time, it's time to say, God, here I am. God's focused on eternity, your eternity. And all you have to do, all you have to do is say, God, forgive me for I've sinned. And let God come into your life. Let God be God. Recognize he died on the third day. He died and on the third day he rose again. And when he rose, he defeated sin, death, and the grave. He's coming back again. He's coming back again. You haven't seen nothing yet. And all you have to do is accept him and live for him. Get into that word. Get into a good church that you can grow and become. Father, will you just touch each one here, each one here. And if this right now, right now, if you're saying, I want to live closer to God, I, 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 I don't feel that I'm where I'm supposed to be. Just raise your hand right where you are. I see that. I see that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I want more. I want more. Maybe desires have gotten you sometimes, and these desires are leading your emotions. Just raise your hand real quick. The desires lead them on. You put it down. You put it down. Yeah, yeah. Because the bottom line is, you say right where you are. Right. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. This day, Lord, no longer am I letting my emotions lead me. I now surrender Jesus Christ. I surrender my life to Jesus Christ right now. Right now. Just say it with your lips. Right now, I surrender. I ask you to forgive me, Lord. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can you give God some praise on the house of the Lord? Well, we thank you for joining us today. Let's continue to believe that God is going to do a work in all of our lives and in His church, despite our current circumstances. If you would like to support the ministry of Salem First Assembly, you can do so by mailing to 430 Route 45, Salem, New Jersey, 08079, or by visiting our website, at SalemFirstAG.org. Please join us for service next Sunday at 10.30 a.m., or you can watch service every Sunday afternoon on Facebook at Salem First Assembly or YouTube at Salem First AG. You can also listen to the message every Tuesday on Podbean. Have a blessed rest of your day. Let's remember to be a blessing and that life is living in faith every day.